Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Water is a liquid. Welcome to the Fact Off. Welcome to the Fact Off, your weekly battle of facts, y'all. Alex is the host, not a slack off. Mike's got the facts that'll smack, y'all. But don't worry, cuz Pat's got your back, y'all. It's the Fact Off. It's the Fact Off. Yeah, it's the Fact Off. Welcome to the Fact Off, a weekly podcast where we each bring you a random and obscure fact, and you, the listeners, get to decide the winner. I'm your host, as always, Alex the Fact Machine, and is with me is Mikey Sands. Oh, I thought you were going to introduce me and Pat at the same time, like you've been doing for the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah I wanted to get I wanted to get you in there first, and the other person speaking is Weekday Freak Pat. Weekday, I love the weekday. I'm a weekday wild card. Yeah, the weekday freak. Mike famously hates the weekday. Yeah, I'm living for the weekend. Yep, and working for the weekend. Well, everybody's working for the weekend. That too. I think I got the quote wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I'm working for a prayer. (laughs) Yeah, I think I've heard "living for the weekend" before. I feel like I've seen that in like beach shops. They have like, yeah, a beach towel. Yeah. <laughs> I love those stupid little slogans, you know. Yeah, I have a lot of them uh, around my house. <laughs> yeah. Like, so watch what the... you say about the <laughs> living for the weekend <laughs> sign. Yeah. Um, yeah, welcome to Fact Off. Uh, like I said, we each bring you a random Nisco fact, and you can decide on who you think is the best fact of the week. And last week, Mike, who won? Can you run the numbers for us? Oh, I actually don't know who won. I didn't look it up. No, I I have it set on an automated calculator now, so wow. I don't have to mess with that. Wait, yeah. AI, has, AI has infiltrated the fact. Yeah, off? I, pl- I plug it into Chat GPT, <laughs> and, and it gives me whoever was the winner last week. Um, the winner from last week, drum roll, please. It's the gentleman pirate. Wait, I won. By Pat. <laughs> yeah. Why did you tell me I want to cut a victory fact? Well, winners <laughs> need to be caught off guard sometimes. I uh, always check to make sure. I, but to be fair, I overprepare for this podcast. I underprepare, but I do. I can steal from my uh, fact off or factacular fact calendar, and I'll <laughs> use one of the facts I was going to use today. And did you know? Well, pull them back the curtain. You could have just acted like you had this prepared the no, whole time. I, I, I don't want to lie to the fans. They, you know why they vote for me? For my authenticity. Because I'm real with them. You are, you always lie to the fans. The <laughs> fans yeah. probably think you're like a muscular man that's like uh, Adonis. Yeah, well, yeah, and you don't love the weekday. <laughs> I don't love the weekday. I'm so sorry, <laughs> fans. I'm not a weekday freak. <laughs> All right, um, tis the season. You know what season we're in, right? Yeah, January. No, we're in NFL playoff season. <laughs> January's not a season. Wow. <laughs> you sound very excited about that. <laughs> well, it has to do with my fact. Um, did you know that the, the NFL Super Bowl referees also get Super Bowl rings? Nice. Do they get both teams, like the losing team and the winning team? Yes, they have. the losing team has to make them up and then give them to the referees. So do you think it's like Roger Goodell has one ring to rule them all? One ring to bind them? One ring to bind them? 
<laughs> oh, do you think they make all the rings beforehand and then there's like a little village somewhere where they just have these really massive diamond rings for the losing teams? Yeah. I oh, think like so. how they export them to like a third world country. Yeah, yeah all the, the shirts jerseys. And all. They, they get T-shirts that say like the Eagles won the Super Bowl in 2005. And then, yeah, somewhere some village has a bunch of <laughs> diamond rings. <laughs> diamond rings from Super Bowl lo- losers. Good for them. I'm I'm happy for them. Hopefully they can sell them and make a, a boatload of money. Yeah. All right, and that brings us to am I taking it over as a host cuz I won? Oh, that means it's time for Pat's fact 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 spectacular. Fact 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 spectacular. Fact 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 spectacular. Featuring Mike. <laughs> Featuring Mike. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, we have breaking news. Do we have any breaking news uh, theme music? Bum, 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 bum. Right on. <laughs> the Price is Right theme? Yeah. <laughs> we have some sad breaking news. As if you listened to last week's, then you have heard that my fat calendar obviously ended on July thir- July, December 31st. <laughs> The good facts ended in July 31st, but it ended December 31st, and we were scrambling for a new fact calendar. Now, there was also, this is a perfect storm. One of my co-hosts, who shall not be named, but it rhymes with Blake Blamberg, has always complained that my my facts from my fact calendar don't have any follow-up facts. So, we have no fact calendar. We have no follow-up facts. The other day, I get a package in the mail. Telegram. Telegram. Pat from the fact off here. Wait, no. Why would he say that? <laughs> Were you knocking on your own door? <laughs> yep. So Every time I get... Wh- whoever uh, runs uh, Jeff Bezos uh, from the... <laughs> exactly. Um, so I, I open it up, and what's inside? A brand new, beautiful, shining fact calendar. This time, not from a random company. It's from the History Channel. Ever nice. heard of it? I have. Each page is animated from like, yeah. like from the TV. <laughs> each page. Now, if you knew how slow I read, each page takes me about 22-minute episode of the History <laughs> Channel documentary to read. Because not only are there follow-up facts, there's facts on facts on facts. And I, yeah, I had no clue. I gave you a book per page for you to read. I think you're just subconsciously, you're like, Pat is the weak link. He always has the weakest I facts. Think that's, I don't think that's subconscious. Mike <laughs> yeah, texts me that like once a day. Yeah, he accidentally wow. texts me a few times. Hey, Pat's the weakest link. I, I sent then, you oh, a sorry, picture of text. a broken chain every single day. Yeah. I thought that meant you're only as strong as your weakest link, and you're like, hey, we're really strong. But anyway, um, so I do have these new, this new fact calendar, which, by the way, once you hear some of these facts, this is not just a history calendar. This is a death calendar, because <gasps> most of the facts are about when people die, <laughs> and then they follow up about their lives. To be fair, when you're talking about history, most of the people in history <laughs> are, dead. are probably dead. <laughs> they are I like dead. to think they were all raptured, and none of them actually died. They just get taken up. Now, Good or bad. alternate <laughs> biblical history of the world. Yeah. I'm going to throw a little uh, twist on the game this week. It's typically I read five facts and you guys tell me if they're good or bad. I am giving you three Mike facts and two leftover facts from my old calendar. And you have to decide which one is which. I would like the leftover calendar facts to be called Alex facts. Alex, you didn't get it for me. Christy facts. Oh, this is fine. but Wait, did you get it for uh, me? 
No. Mike, <laughs> no. Ver- Mike versus Christy. <laughs> yeah. It's Mike versus my wife. Who will win? Do I have to I have to marry whoever wins? Yep. All right. All right. First fact. On this day in January 12th, on this day, 88, I see clearly. a blizzard brings tragedy to the Northwest Plains. The so-called school children's blizzard killed an estimated 230 people, many of whom were children on their way home from school across the Northwest Plains region of the United States. I don't care for that fact. It made me sad. It's very it's sad. so depressing. And that's a Mike fact. That does fit Mike's <laughs> M.O. Now, if you here's Google a, Blizzard here's of 19... 19- here's a Christy fact. Plants are good. <laughs> so if you Google... It is, it's a super depressing fact, but that was in 1888. So if you Google uh, Great Blizzard of 1888, there's an even worse blizzard up in New York that killed like 400 people. So terrible year for snow, 1888. Well, a good year for snow. Terrible now, for here's another fact. See if you can tell which one this is. You, you could summarize these facts. That was just the first sentence. There's like eight more sentences. That's a very long sentence. It's like a, a paragraph for a sentence. There was a comma. There's three okay. commas. You're, uh, yeah, they, you could have commas in long sentences. It's very common. All right, it here's is. this fact. <laughs> it's Mike's fact. It's Mike's fact of the week. <laughs> it's very common to have sentences that are long. All right, well, this one's not so long. Copper doorknobs are self disinfecting really yep nice yeah a lot of a lot of metals are antimicrobial nice so you can put your mouth on copper doorknobs you can you shouldn't do it but you okay. can do it you can put your mouth on any doorknob now why don't we just make everything out of copper i don't know mike write a letter to the, uh, the people would be probably stealing everything you own if it was all copper that's true that's true all my doorknobs go missing all right. Fact number three: the largest living organism is an aspen grove. Is an aspen grove in Utah called pando? Was it a plant? I guess I, don't, I didn't look up aspen grove, and oh, damn, I gave it away. There are no follow-up facts. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's definitely a, a Christie fact. Are you I sure it's away. not? You sure it's not Angel Grove? Yeah, I wish it was Angel Grove. Speaking of 30th anniversary of the Power Rangers coming out. That's true. To make you feel old. All right. January 6th. Does anybody know anything famous that happened on January 6th? Yeah. Mike's birthday. Uh, It should not be spoken here. uh, Well, in 1919, former President Theodore Roosevelt died. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Mike's just cracking up. You want to know anything about uh, Theodore Roosevelt? Best of the bear. He was the youngest man in history to become president at 42. Really? Yeah. Younger than uh, Joe Biden? Let's see if you know. What years was he president? You got he eight years in the whole history of the United States. Okay. The uh, United States was founded in 1776. Uh-huh. You get the fat calculator out. And now it's 2023. Uh-huh. You subtract that. 1902. Damn. Mike? I I agree. 1901 and 1909. I probably shouldn't have said damn like that before Mike got his guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like, I, what years? I gave you a year. But yeah, yeah. One year. He was president during that year. Uh, you like how I got my math Yeah, on like that the one? subtraction added up. <laughs> All right, and final fact. They're getting longer this whole segment. This, this whole show is going to be my show in like three weeks, thanks to Mike's facts. 
And finally, on January 5th, 1970, bodies of United Mine Workers' dissident leader and his family were discovered. Who? Kafka? Nope. Uh, Union leader Joseph Jock Yablonski, his wife and his daughter, were discovered in their Clarksville, Pennsylvania farmhouse by his son. The family had been dead for nearly a week, killed on New Year's Eve by murderers hired by the United Mine Workers of America, Union leadership. Yablonski's murder eventually brought down the entire Union leadership and ended the widespread corruption of the Union under UMWA President W.A. Tony Boyle. Oh, okay. And that was a Christie fact. Nice. <laughs> that, that was not. Uh, and also, these, these are very long. Pat's fun facts fast yeah. times at Ridgemont yeah. High is uh, becoming. Yeah, Pat's uh, low facts. Well, no, <laughs> long facts. Pat's slow, sad, depressing 2023. A year of death and <laughs> sadness. This can't be. History Channel, get better. I think I'll just like find, I'll look through the facts and I'll try to find like one fun sentence. (laughs) Okay. But you you might learn to wield this properly at some point. I gave you too much power. No one man should have all this power. I told you he couldn't handle it. He wasn't ready. He's too young. No one's ready for this calendar. Instead of reading the reviews, I should have just looked at the pictures of of the calendars. (laughs) What did the reviews say, my co-host? They're all like probably people in their 80s saying this is fantastic reading time. And they probably like read it on the toilet. That's what they said. They said this is fantastic (laughs) reading time. (laughs) How's the book? Speaking of fantastic podcast time. The book was a fantastic reading time. (laughs) Uh, I think for that wonderful phrase, that turn of phrase by Mike, I think Mike should go first this week. All right, I'll I'll take us. Uh, I'll start start it off strong. Just <laughs> Are you like gonna Taylor say I'll Swift. take us home? <laughs> I, I was I was gonna say that yes, because uh, Pat's fun facts went for so long. Might as well just end it right here, right? I'm yeah. for it. <laughs> so you guys, I, I'm sure everybody's aware of this by now that Taylor Swift is like re-recording all of her albums. Yeah. yeah. I'm doing all the podcasts over. And the reason is because she wants the rights back to her recordings. and uh, Yeah, I heard she has bad mo- blood with the record company. Yeah, I, I think that's a song title, isn't it? It is. I don't know much about Taylor uh, Swift. Well, all I know is she sold millions and millions of copies of albums. Yeah. I, I looked it up, and it's like astronomical, 51 million records that's why that's she has that big th- reputation yeah and that's more than our song sold mike but what if she had to instead of re-recording all of her albums once what if she had to for every single person who purchased that album she had to record a copy there was no like master so uh, like, she, she had to sing the same song 51 million times she, so she would probably had- have teardrops on her guitar <laughs> she would probably uh Never sleep again. She would feel like an old cardigan. Yeah. But uh, each person would be like, I got it this exclusive song Mike that's never, nothing about that never sang before. <laughs> I don't know any of these songs. Uh, Mike, our song is a slamming screen door. <laughs> I'm sure these are, these are fantastic jokes. The, the Venn diagram of people who listen to the fact off and know a bunch of Taylor Swift trivia. I actually know one of our listeners is a huge Taylor Swift fan. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, in the late 1800s, guys, 
before you could uh, record with electronic amplification of your voice, you used to have to like basically yell, sing into like a uh, a, a megaphone looking device that ran to a needle and that would like record what you were singing onto like a wax um they call them uh i i think they're called wax records or that's like a drum a hard a drum with hard wax on it and the needle will like uh put the sound on the on the record okay i I don't understand how any of that stuff works it's all just like magic it is kind of magic but there was no there was no master so like yeah. it, back then, anytime they sold an album or a song or like a single, it had to be recorded again and again and again and again. Uh, but I, I, that's just kind of like the the uh, teaser for this fact. I wanted to spotlight one artist in particular that kind of rose to fame, like in the late eighteen hundreds when this recording. Wait, how method old is Taylor so... Swift? <laughs> well, it... she's. Pretty modern. She's not recording every song over and over and over again. Uh, she's not the it, one uh, from the 1800s. Is it Teddy Roosevelt? It could be. He was president in 1901 to 1909. 1909. Now, he, I'm, who knows? <laughs> Teddy might have recorded a album um, or two. I hope he did. Teddy's version. Yeah. But okay, I, I want to talk okay. about... <laughs> Uh, George W. Johnson, and he was like a black recording pioneer for his time. Uh, the fir- pretty much from my research, he was the first one of note um, that I could find. Really, um, but then because the first person like who wrote down like his song was uh, God when he gave Moses the Ten Commandments. So that would be like the first one I can think of. Wait, there's a melody to the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Thou shall not kill. Thou shall not kill. Don't take your what? Don't cover your neighbor's wife. Don't cover your neighbor's wife. Stuff like that. People don't what know a, that. What an amazing song. <laughs> <laughs> Very depressing. Just like uh, Pat's uh, fun facts today. All right. Well, my guy George W. Johnson. He was born into slavery in 1846. Um, he was brought up in, in the farmer's home uh, to be like the playmate of the farmer's kid. And uh, he learned how to read and write from there, and he got a love of, of music. So he was um, great at whistling tunes and, and you know, singing songs. And a lot of people said he had like a, uh, a very uh, – because at the time, singers all sang very proper-like. So it was like uh, by the book, um, you know, like reading – I don't, I don't know. Think of the most proper way of singing you can think of. Uh, yep. And no this guy sang. So <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I, maybe that. <laughs> A perfect pitch. Yeah. <laughs> perfect pitch. But perfect yeah, pitch. he... he I, I, <laughs> after, after he was uh, freed from slavery, he moved to New York City in, 19, in the 1970s and became like a street performer and he I heard, sang and whistled. I heard nice. if you could make it there, you could make it anywhere. So that makes sense. And I heard Taylor Swift said, welcome to New York. It's been waiting for you. Yeah, his song was not that, but no. um, yeah. His songs were like mostly popular in the 1890s. And by 1894, there was over 25,000 copies in print of his song, The Laughing Song. 
And wait, Ooh, are you I saying he had to song. record all 25,000 copies? <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my God. So he had to make thousands of recordings of the same song and it was backed only by piano. So I guess um, he would just sing it over and over and over and over and over again. And he got paid 20 cents each rec- recording. Get the fat calculator. What's 20 cents times 25,000? You're the one wow. he does math for a living. Yeah, on yeah. a calculator, not a fat calculator. His, To be fair, his is geometry. Uh, and that's not math. Well, let's imagine the 20 cents is an angle. And the twenty five thousand is the speaking of geometry. Alex is going off on a tangent. Let's get back on track with Mike's fact. <laughs> okay, thank, you. <laughs> thanks for redirecting us back. <laughs> um, by nineteen oh five, his so his popularity didn't last long. By nineteen oh five, it waned because they could they figure out how to duplicate recordings. There was masters by then. Um, so and, he got less popular the easier it was to listen to him? Well, because there was more artists that could, you know... He, he was popular for that brief moment in time. And then as the industry matured, there was more artists that came, came around and became popular. And also another reason why he wasn't as popular going forward is in the black community, he started they started to distance themselves from him because... Uh, his his uh, song songs had a lot of um, I, I I don't know how to say this self mockery like he kind of yeah okay made, I know what you mean yeah okay I, I don't have to go much further into that but so yeah the the forming of the NAACP in 1914 they kind of wanted to uh, shift the mindset away from that self deprecating humor to entertain white people. Yeah, to improving the black lot in life, essentially. Yeah. So um, they kind of forgot, you know, made us made us forget about him. So he kind of disappeared from notoriety. And it wasn't until uh, 2014 um, when he was like kind of rediscovered in kind of uh, the Library of Con- Congress. Um, has his song, The Laughing Song, inducted in into their archives. Really? Yeah, so we could hear it. I can, I'll can. listen to it after the show. Yeah, yeah, it's called The Laughing Song. You can hear I it. I feel yeah, like I've heard it before. Say his name again. Uh, George W. Johnson. Oh, nice. And uh, there's 25,000 different versions of The laugh- Laughing Song. I looked it up. If he got paid... 20 cents for 25,000 songs, he would have made $5,000, which today is worth $176,000. I might know it from Coco Melon. Well, what's sad about him, though, is when he stopped becoming popular, he ended up just becoming a janitor in the building, in the recording studio. And yeah. then he later died uh, of pneumonia and was buried in an unmarked grave. Oh, so he, sad. yeah, he was kind of like not remembered at all. Now they put a, a marker on his gravestone and there's like a whole thing about him. So they're kind of uh, coming full circle around to say, hey, even though at the time people did not agree with the content of his music, they wanted to remember him because he was like a pioneer. Yeah, a re- and the amount pioneer. of hard work that goes into just recording a song, let alone 25,000 times. 
Yeah, that that got me hooked on to this fact because I'm like, I I just can't imagine singing the same song twenty five thousand times. Um, but I guess he just had such a unique voice that people loved him. Um, so my fact this week is called the laughing song. That would have taken fifty two days if he recorded it if it was three minutes long. The laughing song. I like that fact. Uh, it was a little sad, but. Mike likes. Well, sad it's facts. sad, but it's it's happy too that he's being remembered. He's finally now. getting recognition. Yeah. If it so, he was the only happy. person to use this method, or the first person to use this method. He was one of the first major pioneers of like selling tons and tons of copies and singles. How much do they so. go for these days? I don't know. I don't know what a, a can wax... it even be played. Is that like what those like uh, vinyl records where they have the big megaphone thing sticking out, like in uh... you turn it. Yeah, yeah, like it's in, like a uh, it's a cylinder, so it has to have like a special player. I don't think they probably make them anymore, but well, only one way to find out. Alex, is your fact about finding this megaphone? Should I go second, or you want to go second? It doesn't matter. I'm gonna I'll go win, last. So okay. So far, undefeated, 2023. So picture yourself, 1925, Nome, Alaska. Yeah, that's where we take our, our fact takes place. So back in 1925 in Nome, Alaska. Double-checked. <laughs> um, parents took their kid, who was not feeling well, into to see the one doctor in the town, Curtis Welch. And he thought she had uh, tonsillitis. He's having trouble breathing. And, uh, and that was in 1924. And then a couple of days later, she died. She had... Turns out she had... Th- th- Tepatheria. Diphtheria. Yep. Which is a terrible disease that we have vaccines for now. And they had so they had uh remedies for it back in the day too. But the town didn't have any. And it's a super uh contagious disease and half the people who get it die. Ooh. They did not want that to happen. Wait, how how is it spread? Do you, is it the, is that the disease that spread through like fecal matter and that sort of thing? No, it's spread through like droplets and like your throats and stuff like that. Oh, uh, okay. It's hard to. I was I was reading about like what the disease does, but they can kind of tell because like you get like a like your cell cells die, like it stops your body from producing cells, and you get like a like good cells. And then you get like this like gray mucus in your throat from all like the dead cells and stuff, and it. Makes it harder to breathe and stuff. It's a terrible disease. So, luck. is it usually a hundred percent fatal, or is it one of those that like said fifty percent? Like at the okay. time, it was like fifty percent, maybe more, depending on like where you were. But okay. they also yeah. they did have a serum for it. Like they had a treatment for it. The issue was for Doctor Welch is that he noticed in June that his serum was expired. And he needed more, so he ordered more, but it didn't come yet. And it was the middle of winter. Um, And he was in Nome, Alaska, which is closer to Russia than it is Anchorage, Alaska. So it's out there. Oh, is this when you got some sled dogs? Damn right, it's when you got sled dogs. I bet you there's a Disney movie based on this, isn't there? There is. There's two, actually. And that's where the clutch of our fact is going to come. The first one is called Balto. Yes, I, I, oh. I, don't, I don't know if Balto's Disney, though. I think it's... Um, it's I'm pretty sure it's Disney. Is, is, it, no, it, is it? It's one of the... No, it might not be it's Disney. It's your fact. You, whatever you say right now is forever the truth. Set, set in stone. 
I want to say maybe. It is made by Amblin Entertainment, distributed by Universal Pictures. No, and then Disney made Disney did make a movie like two or three years ago called Ta- Togo Tago, about another dog in a similar situation, the same situation. So they had no, <laughs> they had no uh, serum, and it's a very contagious disease. The doctor put the town on lockdown. Everybody was quarantining. They didn't want it to spread from house to house, and they didn't want it to spread to another town. So it's the middle of winter, a very harsh winter. Planes were invented. But the planes, there were open cockpits and would not have made it in a storm. There was so much sea ice that boats couldn't get it. So he sent a message to Washington, D.C. Like, hey, we have an outbreak. We need serum. Luckily, there was some in on the West Coast. But it took months to get to them. Like, they didn't have time for that or weeks to. But they were luckily, a doctor in Anchorage found enough supply to be able to get it to them. The issue was, how did they get it to him? The dog. So, so they uh, so put it on the, the, the capital city of Anchorage, they've, and they and need a, to get it from Anchorage to this out, like city out in the middle. Of- yeah, like all the way on the other side. So they chained it up to the closest train station they could get. Uh, no, no, no. Something like that. No, no. It's in Alaska. That was 674 miles away. So, still not that close. So, the only way that they could deliver it was by dog sled. So, there, uh, there was one famous uh, slog dead dread <laughs> sled driver. Slog dead Fred. <laughs> dog sled driver, Leonard Sappler. He was like the best in the world. He was the guy. And he had a very famous dog, Togo. He was his dog and the best dog uh, sled driver ever. His original plan that he would do all 600 miles, close to 700 miles himself. And they said, no, you can't do that. Because average temperatures are negative 49 degrees. It's going to drop down to negative 70 at some point. You can't do that. But so they said, we're going to do half. We'll do half of it. So he left from Nome over. He was going to meet halfway. And he left before they figured out the complete plan. The complete plan was we're going to have 20 drivers, 150 dogs, and we're all going to do somewhere between 20 and 50 miles throughout this stretch and transport the serum. But he was and, already doing 300 in his head? like Yeah, he was already going. As like, like He was going to go and go um, and do it. Um, so they did it. And usually the normal track would take three to four weeks. They did not have three to four weeks, so that's why they were just going. And it was terrible. A lot of guys had frostbites bites on their hands, on their face. Four dogs died. Like, it was just terrible conditions, terrible conditions. I don't remember anything. <laughs> they didn't have none of this stuff is... In the Disney movies, they don't show that stuff. So, luckily, um, the guy in Togo, they happen chance to run into the guy that was bringing the serum east while he was going no west while he was going east to get the serum so luckily but he's already done like a hundred and something like 70 miles how or come he's like. not freezing what yeah. Yeah, I, come. this guy's the best he's the best in the world he's what he does this is he's the best yeah around and nothing is going to keep him down that's all uh, i was thinking 
So luckily he's got it. Why and, should it? Why should it keep him down? But the way he took was over like a ice uh, lake, a North Bay Lake or something. Like it was frozen, and he took it. And he was like, "We have to get there as fast as possible. We have to go." So I'm gonna go back, and but the ice was already breaking. Went uh-huh. on the way back. So dun, dun, dun. luckily, did you just tri- watch this movie? No, I was. I'm gonna watch it <laughs> probably did, this weekend. <laughs> no, I haven't watched it yet. I, um, okay, you don't have to yell. No, I want to <laughs> see it. But Alex, so, sit down. Uh, he trusts Togo, and they he got him there. They got it. They've done t- overall. Him and his dog sled team did two hundred six. Two hundred sixty toward the ice. Well, because like it's like he could have died easily, and the seven would have been but lost. But he didn't, so who cares? Yeah, so but they did two hundred uh, two hundred sixty four miles uh, during the whole trip, which is a lot more than the twenty or fifty that other people did. So the the second to last leg was a guy by the name of oh, what did I put his name? <laughs> well, it was that uh, Bob Gunner. Gunnar uh, Stahl from the Mighty Ducks who was led by a dog named Balto. Interesting enough, Balto was owned by the other guy and the other guy said, I don't think Balto can lead a do- uh, sled. You shouldn't use him. And this guy said, well, I'm going to use Balto. So Balto was ran- his nose like glowing? Red? Yeah. So Balto ran- yeah. <laughs> led the final leg they were actually weren't supposed to be the final leg. There was another leg, and another person was supposed to do the last one. But when he got to like the shed, it was like all the lights were off and all, and he didn't think they had time to, for the guy to get up and get all the dogs ready and all. So he just kept going, and like it That's was. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> what a manly what's, man! I don't have time what's that for this. Mean? Uh, but like Balto, like Van, and like. White out conditions, they could not see where they were going at all. And he made uh, 50 miles and they got there in five days. And they were able to give the serum to the kids. Like, a couple of them died, but they were able to squash this. But it made that like, na- like casually throughout it. Yeah, you died. Oh, I don't want to be like, yeah. But it was huge news. You can, you can imagine like the news back then, like, oh, the dog sled is trying to save this town. And I could conditions- imagine that. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing else going on. So, as we mentioned earlier, Balto had a movie made about him. He was a celebrity. They were the team that del- the final team that delivered it. They got Wait, the pictures in the paper. Togo just another dog that was next to Balto? No, he wasn't on there. Oh. Togo he was did on the 200 the- miles, right? Yeah. And Balto uh, like, just took all the credit? Well, to be fair, like everybody argues about these two dogs who should get the more credit. There was 150 dogs that made the run. Well, they but, can make 150 different movies all with each dog's uh, name. Can we each make our own movie about a different dog? That's okay. what I, I want to do. We'll see which one's the best. And that's the dog that should get all the credit. Yeah, but Balto was a national hero. He was on, did tours. He was like, beloved. Like, Didn't they find pit- out that Togo was a communist, so he got blackballed from uh, yeah. Hollywood? And but the, what about Snow Dogs? Was Snow Dogs about the same event yep, too? They were the other thing. 148 <laughs> dogs. Um, but then after a while, people were like, "Well, Togo should really get the credit because he did 260 miles and he was he's the better dog and all." I'm a Togo truther. 
even President uh, Calvin Coolidge was against Balto, and Togo should get all this credit. <laughs> like, there's actually Balto like a fascinating a story where he didn't like Balto because he was getting too much credit. Um, <laughs> but Togo also had his moment in fame. Like, he toured. He did. He was uh, did a show at Madison Square Garden. I don't Nuh-uh. know what they did. It was just like, come see these dogs. <laughs> Him and his the dogs. The dogs just sled. did some like uh, a, a comedy set or a routine or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't even minutes. think he was catching frisbees. Um, I bet like, you breeders were throwing their dogs at Togo to get a little bit of Togo pups. Well, Balto got all the recognition. Side note, Togo all, got all the ladies. All, uh, side note, all the drivers of the sleds got the presidential gold medal and $25. But did they get new hands? 25 <laughs> bucks. <laughs> I Somebody said like it would be like worth like $400 today. Still not worth it. I guess you're yeah. doing it for like... <laughs> it was an Applebee's, lives, guess, it was yeah. an Applebee's gift card. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what, what I want to know is why didn't they just uh, tell everybody to stay in their homes and wear masks? And what? that would have saved this whole thing. <laughs> they wouldn't have had to send the dogs across. But I still would have killed that kid. Yeah, they would have killed the kids that are the people that already had it. And it spread super easily. And they were worried that it would spread to the next town. Yeah. But so Balto got all the recognition, even though Togo got Togo got some. Uh, but the sad thing is that after everything was like kind of died down, uh, Balto does have a statue in Central Park. But he was sold at auction. What? Ended up living in like a, being in a freak show and in very poor conditions. But then a guy who owned the Cleveland Zoo saw him, was able to get Balto and his team out of there. And he would spend the rest of his days living in the Cleveland Zoo. And you can go see him now there as he's like stuffed in the zoo. Wait, uh, is this all in the movie? No, that's not in the movie at all. The no, statue they, is. They didn't show them taxidermying <laughs> so, Balto so in you, the movie. You're saying that there is a sequel worth amount of information about him getting tossed at a freak show and overcoming. They've made two sequels to Balto. Did, none of them probably had that at all in nothing. it. Nothing. It's like all about like he, he stayed in Alaska and had kids and all. Yeah, the, the all, false, all false information. But false to- flag. Togo's uh, owner, he also owned both Balto, he set up like a new kennel in Maine where Togo was bred to have puppies and pretty much spent his days as a stud. Just like Pat said, Pat yep. called it. He said Togo was getting all the ladies and procreating. Yep. And the I other didn't use the word procreating. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they I were said exact words. Sweet, sweet love. Yeah, and the other 148 dogs, no one has ever heard of. Yep. Um, that's my fact. My fact is called "Dog Fight: A Battle of Heroes." Very nice. <laughs> Your titles are always the best. <laughs> Sounds say better than his facts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how you win. I just said some. I, some say that. Uh, I'm some. not one of them. Um, one third of this podcast says that. It's just like wild. Like, that was like a big push. Like, the, oh, this guy was the real hero. They all delivered the medicine. You're a truther. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, what you're saying is that you're trying to encroach on my fact with more facts about your fact? 
Well, supposedly the reason why Togo didn't get his picture taken is like they delivered it. It's ugly. They ran but, out of film. Well, the other guy, like the um, the other guy, like he still went to Nome afterwards, but he was in no rush. He didn't have to deliver everything, so he showed up like three days later. And then what Togo, supposedly this great dog, yeah, uh, got distracted by like a reindeer. And like him and another, him and a couple other dogs like ran off and chased the reindeer and got lost. But then like another town found him a couple of days later, and he was able to get him back like a week later. So Alex, let me propose you this: my guy sang the same song twenty five thousand times. Your dogs only did that trip one time. What if they did it twenty five thousand times? Then your fact would be a little bit closer to being as good as mine. All right, back. Well, they they do still do it a lot. You know, it was like the Ichiban dog sled race, the big dog sled race. It's like all right. Can I most say of my the, fact? Most of the trail is this. Uh, a lot of the trail is this. Uh, the route they took. This, this is a very meaningful fact to Alex. And he has then, to get it all out. He has to get it all out. And that's the fact off tonight. You have Mike. Explains, fa- <laughs> explains why he has that Balto tattoo on his right arm and the Togo tattoo on his left. I love all dogs. Thought those are all dogs marks. do go to heaven, so they're probably in heaven high-fiving. My fact, everyone, is very simple, and it is from the fact calendar, Mike's Facts. So this is an extended Mike's Fact. I had to, I peppered in some other facts here. You, you act like I wrote this calendar. Wrote down I this simply <laughs> purchased the calendar Pat, from Amazon. And, and I found... You. Pat, can you hold up one of those facts again from Mike's calendar? Can you hold it up? Oh, it says right there, Mike's History Channel facts. <gasps> what, Mike? You on the History Channel? Wait, wait. That one you just <laughs> held up, Pat. Was that really a History Channel fact? No, it was. I was just doing it for show, just to hold up something. <laughs> so I, I could make my joke. I was going to. He didn't have to hold it up. I was going to make the joke anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this thing uh, is do derailed. You think, do you think this podcast gets so big? That we earn enough money that one day we will buy the History Channel. With the way TV's moving, I don't think it costs that much money. Yeah. <laughs> All right. They're probably so, uh, trying to give it away for free, just like they recently gave. pretty much tried to give away... Uh, what's that one channel that used to have all the superhero shows on it? CW. CW. Yeah, they basically had to give away CW because nobody wanted it. That's surprising because they do well for what they are. Well... You're probably this wrong because they gave it, it away. Wait, wait can I just the, talk about my fact? Jam. <laughs> like the fifth time I tried to start with it. My fact is not very sexy this week, but it is all about something we all know. We've seen it in a million movies. It's called The Brooklyn Ball Bridge. Oh. Ever heard of it? Uh, heard of it? No. <laughs> so The Brooklyn Bridge, as you've guessed it, bridges Brooklyn and New York. And uh, that is. <laughs> I, I thought you said like this. It took me a while to figure out what you meant by your statement. It's a bridge that connects Brooklyn. And New yeah, York. but so, you use bridge in the middle of. <sighs> so, uh, proposal started as early as the 1800s, but there was like a lot of pushback because it depended on the style of bridge. Um, a lot of local merchants were upset about the bridge because they didn't think uh, ships would go be able to fit underneath. Yeah, so uh, they my, came. To, so he came to Cincinnati. Well, uh, don't step on my fact. Mike, I'm not. I will not. I look at this bridge. I work on this bridge, basically. Mike stubbed his toe because he's stepping all over my fact. All right, I, I take it back. 
I will it's, not step I, on your facts. My facts are written as bullet points, and the third bullet point is exactly what Mike just said. <laughs> okay. All right. So the bridge would be designed by German-born American architect John Roebling. Oh, the Roebling Bridge. You might know him, <laughs> Cincinnati <to> listeners. Cincinnati. <laughs> John Roebling, for our Cincinnati listeners, is also the creator of the John A. Roebling Suspension Bridge in Cincinnati. Wow. And you've seen it. It looks just like the Brooklyn Bridge. And smaller. He might have founded a boys' home for at-risk teen use that one of the people on the podcast worked at. Was it you? It was me. <laughs> was this boys' home under the bridge? It was, yeah, under it was the all the trolls. Alex no, like, and um, the boys there. <laughs> they uh, So the bridge had tolls before, and like you pretty much put all the money back into Covington. They now did that- a, did a ton of stuff for the city of Cleveland. That bridge at the time, the John A. Roebling suspension bridge, was the longest suspension bridge ever made until... <laughs> longest you ever see. The old Brookie <laughs> Bridge, they call it. The project would begin... I hope you guys aren't too emotionally attached to John Roebling, are you? No. No. He sounds like a good guy. The project would begin in 1866 when John presented designs for the 1,600-foot bridge. In 1869, during surveys of the site... John was injured in a freak accident. He was standing on a dock, and his foot was crushed by a ferry. Yeah. His toes had to be amputated. He that's, refused. That's not what you want. You don't. This want is very toes. similar to Alex's fact with the people getting uh, frostbite. I'm assuming they had to have appendages amputated. Uh, but he has connect. more choices for shoes. I saw a picture feet. of one guy's fingers. They were all just like black, like up to here. It's all frostbite. Nice. And it's not anyway, like it's not like Mr. Deeds where stop like it's talking fun with it. about your facts. <laughs> he he would refuse further medical treatment because he wanted to use water treatment. Water treatment is apparently where you just pour water over the wound repeatedly. Not the worst idea. Uh, he would die 17 days later of tetanus. So it did not work. Water treatment was not the solution. Uh, I think he probably would have died regardless of how he got treated from tetanus. Mm, I don't know. They said well, he refused medicine. It might have been fil- Back then, water probably wasn't the cleanest thing in the Every- world. Everything dies, baby. That's a fact. But maybe everything that dies one day comes back. For all our Bruce Springsteen fans out there. Wait, so did he finish the Brooklyn Bridge before he died? He did not. So that he died in, I want to say, 66 or 69. It was during 69. The bridge, and this is where the fat calendar came in. It wasn't until January 3rd, 1870, that construction would begin on the Brooklyn Bridge. And there was a new chief engineer. And guess who that person was? Bill Bridge. Washington Roebling. Oh, nice. His son. So That's kind of cool. So yeah, he was a Nepo baby? He was a Nepo baby. This this fact is all about the Brooklyn Bridge being built by a Nepo baby. <laughs> um, so he took over. He's a civil engineer. He took over. And he um, gave and, his dad tetanus? Is that and he, to get the bridge? You think yeah, he was, was like driving, a lot of Game of Thrones stuff going on You think here. he was driving the ferry that hit his dad? I think he was. If, but the if plot this thickens. was a uh, show on HBO, he probably would have been, but... It's not. Well, he might not be the ultimate bad if this was a game on TV. Because in 1872, Washington would suffer from decompression sickness, also known as Kazin disease or the Benz. 
Eh, was he okay. like uh, diving like during the design of this bridge? There was like, something I was reading and I didn't write it down, but there was like a fire broke out somewhere and he like was trying to help out, but the, like the pressurized uh, room he was in, it like decompressed way too quickly, um, and it gave him this you know sickness. It is a. Uh, it's what happens when you uh, exit a pressurized or watertight chamber too quickly, and it causes gas to form painful bubbles inside your body. Yeah, hopefully there was another son. Well, that's because you're a misogynist and you think that it has to be a man. Well, because what's his daughter? Jane Roebling. Uh, you're close. <laughs> Washington was no longer to be able to be on site, so they got a new project manager, and he enlisted his wife, Emily. Nice. Emily taught herself bridge construction and took over the chief engineer duties, including day-to-day supervision and project management. That does not sound... (laughs) I don't care if you're male or female. If you taught yourself bridge construction, I'm out. That's why the one in Cincinnati is superior, because the one up in New York City was built by a self-taught person. No, I think you guys are just being sexist because it's a woman. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so it it would take a total of 13 years the brooklyn bridge would open to traffic on may 24th 1883 and the first person to travel over the brooklyn bridge was bako emily emily roebling traveled across it in a carriage nice so this was a game of thrones style tv show she would have convinced washington to drive the ferry into his dad and then she would have caused whatever the pressurized thing the was. Bends. The, the whole time it was like smash cutting to her studying bridge construction at night while they were sleeping like under candlelight. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then what would happen was the bends. You, would, you would never suspect her until she's crossing the carriage and it's zooming out. And you see one little thing that says how to make your husband drive the ferry wrong. <laughs> the little manual that she had. <laughs> what? That, what? That's I'm not like a, TV a show writer. In Night Shalaman <laughs> ending right there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that is my fact. I'm going to call it the Brooklyn Bridge. God, the Brooklyn. You should call it the Brooklyn Bridgette because it is made by a lady. My fact is called the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. Our three facts for tonight. You have Mike's fact, the laughing song. My fact, dogfight. A battle of heroes. The world's longest fact. <laughs> yeah, that's a great fact. People love it. I think it. you eclipsed the moon fact. <laughs> nah, the moon fact was still the best. Um, and then Pat's fact, the Brooklyn Bridget. Yeah, the moon fact is going to live in infamy as the worst fact ever brought <laughs> to the show. Um, so there you have it. Go to the fact off. Go to factoffpodcast.com <laughs> and vote what for which one you called? think is the best. Or does Mike will put a link in the show notes. You just click that link and you can vote for Dogfight, the battle a battle of heroes. And then uh rate and review us on Apple or Spotify. Check us out on all the socials, uh Twitter, uh the other the ones other one. Instagram, TikTok. Mike is not busy, so he'll be posting more. Yeah. I'll <laughs> keep this going as long as Twitter's around. Yeah, forever. When are it's, we gonna buy a blue check mark? I'll, I'll talk to you guys off the air. Um, but there you have it, folks. <laughs> have a great day. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>